Welcome to our fourth week of our Lenten Bible study. Today, as we look at the moments of distress in the life of Christ, we will continue to see the whole image of our Redeemer and our Savior. Thank you for joining us today. Precious God, please be real through this conversation. Amen. Thank you for joining us once again this week for our fourth week in this journey of watching Christ become God. Now, for the first few weeks, we, we've really been digging into the human nature of Jesus Christ. The first week, we looked at Christ's emotions of laughter, of, of fear, of celebration, of grief. We, we looked at the second week of the titles that we give to Christ based on the things that we saw Jesus Christ do. Teacher, Rabbi, Redeemer, Savior. Last week, we looked at the relationships, the, the human emotional relationships that Jesus Christ built within his existence. Today, now admittedly, today, there is some connection today to week one. We look at the whole emotional identity of Jesus Christ in week one. But today in week four, I want to look at a very specific emotional subset that Christ experienced so that we can truly see the wholeness of Christ's understanding of human emotion and the wholeness of Jesus Christ moved towards becoming the Messiah. Let's look at it today because today we are going to look at the emotional Christ. And when I when I say emotional, I don't mean like week one, happiness, the celebration, sadness, what have you. But I want us to look at our hero in this story in the moments of his despair. You know, we watch the movies. We we never see John Wayne or the Lone Ranger crying. We never see Superman on the brink of an emotional breakdown. We never see the heroes of the narrative at a, the crucial point of a complete breakdown, yes, we see the climactic moments where Batman are, and Robin are ha hanging over the fire pit and we hear the phrase, join us again tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. We see those crucial conflict-filled moments but it's very real, it's very rare, excuse me, that we see the heroes of our narratives in a places where they are broken and crushed and in despair. That's why this week is very important to me, because this is the point where we see the hero of our story show how to pull ourselves out of the mud pits of living. Now, I'm going to slightly disagree with something I just shared. Where we don't see the deep despair in the heroes of the movies, we do see them in places of conflict and, and, and worry, and they fight and they persevere their way out. We, 
we see Rocky Balboa and and Apollo Creed fighting each other and Rocky getting stirred up by the crowd and and lasting the battle and very important part of this that we'll talk about later if you actually saw the first Rocky movie even though that he persevered and saw the end of the battle he still didn't win I want to look at that side of Christ today Let's go through some accounts that we see a very emotional Christ that, that actually leads to moments that looks like defeat, that actually moves in the moments that we don't see the strong, overpowering superhero walking away from a situation, but we see someone weakened and depleted crawl away. To be rebuilt, to be re-strengthened, and to come back and to serve another day. Let's go back to the accounts of Matthew chapter 4. And as we look at this narrative in Matthew chapter 4 of Jesus Christ going away to be tempted by the great deceiver, we see Christ standing face-to-face in conversation with the great deceiver, We see Jesus Christ being offered so many things that would actually make his journey easier. That would actually enable Christ to live to his life task easier. As the deceiver offers him power, money, prestige. All of these are things that would have been able to for Christ to use to get more people's attention, to teach a message that would transform so many lives because he would have the ability, the notoriety to reach more people, but it would have taken one thing away. And it's the spirit and the compassion that leads to the place of the death, burial, and resurrection that was Christ's true journey. At the end of this journey, the end of this conversation, we begin to see the first place of a depleted, exhausted Christ. And that depleted, exhausted Christ makes it through the final temptation, and he's laying on the ground, and the angels have to descend to care for him. He's depleted. He's tired. He needs help outside of himself so that he can find restoration, find rejuvenation, and to get up and to move forward. You know, even even in Rocky, Rocky Balboa doesn't win the battle, but he's still standing on his two feet with his manager Mickey by his side, and he's still standing there. Even in that image, we see a hero, even though in law, standing But in this image of Christ, at the end of this journey, standing face to face with the deceiver, we do not see that image of the strong, powerful hero that just won a battle and is marching off into the sunset. We see the image of a weak, depleted hero that needs outside help and outside assistance to be rejuvenated. There's so many times in our lives we give. 
And we give and we give and we give. And but when I went to seminary, I almost said cemetery. I always voice my flaws as I share with you. Because sometimes we feel like we're in the cemetery. There's sometimes we serve so hard that we feel like we're the broken bodies that are laid to rest. At this end of this journey with Christ facing the great deceiver, he becomes this image of a body that's laid to rest. But we need to remember that we have to find ways to refill our cups. We have to find the things outside of us that can come and help us restore ourselves in such a way that we can move forward, be replenished, and serve. That's what we see from this account in Matthew chapter 4. Let's, let's move forward, and then we're going to jump really far ahead. I want to move to the night in which that Jesus Christ was arrested. We have this situation where Christ is already de- dealing with betrayal, and he's already dealing with disappointment. As we see that Christ is in the room and he's sharing the the feast of the Passover with his followers. And he, he shares with Peter, you're going to deny me three times. He, sh- he knows that Judas is going to go out and, and betray him. So we see this individual still going on his journey, even though that he is dealing with disappointment within the conversation. That disappointment and despair pushes even further, and this becomes one of the more human elements of showing a Christ that understands despair and worry to its fullest extent as Jesus Christ is on the Mount of Gethsemane. And he's sharing a prayer He's in this place, once again, solitude, just like his time in confronting the deceiver. He's in this place of personal prayer, and he utters these words. And, and, and uttering these words for Christ is, is more powerful to me than almost anything. Christ utters the words, take this cup away from me. Let's look at that in our own personal levels for a moment because there's times that we may find ourselves on paths and we may find ourselves living someone else's dream. Or at least we emotionally feel that we're living someone else's dream. We find ourselves in places that we may be the greatest caregiver, the greatest provider for other people, but we find ourselves in in places that our souls are not being fed by the task that we find ourselves on. We find our places in emotional despair because we either feel out of place or we feel forgotten and we just want to turn it all over and give up. When I hear Christ Jesus Christ, utter the words, take this cup away from me. I see a person in a moment of worry, fear, confusion, hurt, pain, displacement, 
wanting to know if he's on the right path, trying to get on another path because the path that he is taking, he knows the end. And he utters these words in that prayer, take this cup away from me. I find, this is going to sound a little weird. I find comfort in hearing Jesus Christ share that word because it truly shows me that Jesus Christ knows the complete human experience, even to the point of deepest despair, even to the points that we find ourselves on our knees screaming to God, make it different, change the way. Even in the places that we are in such deep hurt and deep worry and deep concern that we want it to be somebody else's deal so that we can set it aside and just be okay. It's okay to want to be okay. And there are times also that we need to take up our cross and persevere. Now, recently I was sharing in a conversation, and I just used this phrase a minute ago, there's times that we find ourselves living other people's dreams. Uh, there's times that we are doing things that other people would dream to do, that they are working hard and they are striving to get to that point. And even we within ourselves are 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 fruitful in it. We're, we're doing great things. We're, we're touching mental, many lives. We even begin to see how that we are caring for ourselves, caring for our family, because we're living within these moments of living other people's dreams. And then we just realize that we are doing so much good, but our spirits aren't being fed. It almost goes to the first example that I gave you from Matthew chapter 4. Jesus Christ could have been so profitable. He could have had so much notoriety. He could have touched so many people if he took the gifts from the deceiver. But he would not have been feeding his spirit. And because he was not feeding his spirit, other people's spirits would not have been fed either. The reality of it all, as Christ is in this place, there comes this revelation. As Christ is in the mud pit, take this cup away from me. He realizes that some things, sometimes, the hard thing and the right thing is the same thing. And sometimes for us to truly feed our spirit, we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death to get to the other side of growth and completion. Let's look at that as we move to the next place where Jesus Christ felt true, deep hurt and despair. Let's move to the journey to the cross. Jesus Christ, going to take care of our problems, is on this journey. He's in this courtyard, 
And all that Jesus Christ has done is performed miracles and has helped other people. He's built bridges between cultures. He's healed the sick. He's shared a message of love and peace to transform spirits. And he's standing in this courtyard and they pick the thief to set free and not Christ. He goes down this long journey so hard and tumultuous that he literally needs someone else to carry his cross for him as he's being spit on, laughed at, and mocked and ridiculed. He gets to the place of the cross as they drive in the nails that brings the physical pain of the experience that Christ is suffering for us. And he's watching people gamble for his clothes. He is watching people poke him in the side. When he claims for thirst, he suffers from the vinegar that they put into his mouth. And as the Apostle Paul's, Paul shares in the book of Philippians, in the, yeah, the, his letters to Philippi, he humbles himself to the image of man, even to the point of death and death on the cross. In Matthew chapter 4, we see the image of a completely depleted hero. As we move forward, we see a person that deals with the heartache of betrayal and the heartache of being denied. In this last section, we see a person going through the heartache and the pain of being ridiculed and mocked by the people he came to serve and to save. And we see him suffer the ultimate pain and suffering, which is the death on a cross. Now, thankfully, we know the complete story. We know that three days later, there comes a point of resurrection. And that is the important thing that I want us all to take from this. I don't want us to just know that Jesus Christ was a depleted hero. I want us to know that there are times that we feel depleted and we need help outside of us. And there is a place for a resurrection for us. I want us to know that there are places that we feel betrayal and we feel denied and we feel hurt and angered because of that. And there is a coming resurrection. And I feel and understand that there are places that we feel like we're trying to do the best for other people and they don't care. I feel that we feel like that the only road that we're on leads to an ending. We just want to give it up and give it all away. And even on that path, there is a journey to a resurrection. As we acknowledge the despair that exists in Jesus Christ's life, I want us to acknowledge that it exists in ourselves. But I don't want us to waddle in the mud pits of hurt. I want us to know, because we saw it in the example of Jesus Christ, 
the depleted hero after see, seeing the deceiver, the broken-hearted one asking for another way, and the one mocked and ridiculed all the way to the cross. There is still a resurrection. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you as we hold on to that promise that even when we are at our absolute low, there is still a future resurrection. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. Thank you for joining me today. God is love. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us.